If you're a fan of 143 Pixels, then I've got really, really good news for you. I've got a lot of podcasts. I host Nintendo Switchcraft that comes out on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. That's a show all about Nintendo. I host a show called Run, Jump, Stomp that does not have an actual schedule. It just comes out whenever there's gaming news that I feel like talking about that doesn't belong on any of my other shows. And I also have a show called Stadia Cast, all about Google Stadia, which comes out every Sunday. If you are listening to this show, I bet you'll enjoy those other shows. I hope you'll check them out. You can search for them on the device that you're listening to this right now. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, wherever podcasts are downloaded. Or if you're looking for a super easy way to do it, just head over to my website, runjumpstomp.com shows. Welcome to 143 Pixels. I'm Bill, and we're here to talk about games we love. Each episode, I bring a friend. That friend brings a game. This weekend, my friend is Philip D. Keating, and the game he brought is The Legend of Zelda. Uh, I met Philip. It was actually kind of weird. We were both nominated for the same podcast award, Best Gaming Podcast in uh, 2017. Uh, for Mine was Nintendo Switchcraft, which if you haven't checked out, you should check out. I, I am very proud of that show. It was nominated. We, it was nominated for best gaming podcast, as was uh, Phillips' podcast, Botched, which is a D and D podcast, and you should definitely check that one out. It is a hilarious, not kid safe though. Very very sweary and dirty and hilarious, but uh, it's awesome. I saw, I saw the Botched podcast uh, live when I went to Dragon Con. And never, I've, I was extremely entertained. So if, if, uh, if that's something that sounds fun to you, make sure that you check it out anyway. Uh, so we were both nominated for the same award and Philip sent me a message on Twitter, congratulating with, uh, congratulating me, which is typical Phil. Now that I know Philip, uh, this is typical him. He's so warm and just nice and hilarious and just an all-around great dude. So when I started 143 Pixels, I absolutely wanted to include uh, Philip and and talk to him about uh, some of his favorite games. Later on, after we met, um, they he's part of the Giant Size Team Up Network, and they invited me to become part of the Giant Size Team Up Network, and then they invited me to Dragon Con and said, come meet us at Dragon Con, so I did. And, you know, Phil had me on a Nintendo panel uh, in front of like a, a lot of people. And it was an absolute blast. And none of that would have happened if Phil had not reached out to me when we were both nominated for the same award. So he's just awesome. And I'm a big fan of his. So what does he do? Well, he goes by Imaginary Nomad. He's the creator of the improv comedy show Botched, a D&D podcast, like I told you. He's also a uh, host on the weekly nerd shows, uh, I'm sorry, nerd show Breaking the Panel, which I've guested on a few times. He streams Sea of Thieves every Sunday with the three bromigos of the streampocalypse over at twitch.tv slash gstumedia. 
And every Monday night, him and the rock god of podcasting himself, Charles McFall, put on Booze and Borderlands on the GSTMU Media Twitch page. You can follow him on Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter at Imaginary Nomad and on Instagram at Imaginary Nomad One. Somebody beat him to the punch. Uh, he's a super dude, and I'm I'm just I'm thrilled to know him. Uh, now that you know about my guest, I'm going to give you a little bit of background about his game, The Legend of Zelda, the game that he wanted to talk about, one of the biggest games of all times. Uh, but but first, we've got to pay the bill, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from a sponsor, and when we come back, it's Zelda time. Did you see the latest Nintendo newsletter? Whoa, nice graphics. I'd like to get my hands on that game. You mean you haven't played it yet? We can play it on my Nintendo Entertainment System. It's the Legend of Zelda, and it's really rad. Those creatures from Ganon are pretty bad. Octoroks, Tech Tech's levers, too. But with your help, our hero pulls through. Yeah, go Link. Yeah, get some. Awesome. Intense. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Your parents help you hook it up. It's Zelda. You guys know what Zelda is. It's a fantasy action adventure developed and published by Nintendo. It was uh, created by... Shigeru Miyamoto, who also directed the game. The game was designed by Takashi Tezuka. It was written by Takashi Tezuka. And the music, the amazing Zelda music, was created by the the, the great Koji Kondo. I said his name wrong, Koji Kondo. Uh, the game was released. The game was released on September. Uh, September. <laughs> February 21st, 1986, it won tons of awards. And rather than talk about that, I'd like to talk about its impact on games. GameSpot said that Zelda was one of the 15 most influential games of all time for being an early example of an open world with non-linear gameplay and for its battery backup. I mean, we talk about this a little bit in the interview, uh, Phil and I do, but this was the first game that had a battery backup so that when you finished uh, uh, your, your your session of playing the game, you could save where you were. And uh, Phil and I have, uh, we talk about uh, things that we did when we were kids uh, to, to save our game, which was uh, hilarious and crazy and probably very irritating to our parents. Uh, but that, that open world and nonlinear gameplay was huge and it had never been done before and Zelda did it. Zelda was of course a bestseller. It was the first NES game to sell more than a million copies. In fact, it eventually sold 6.5 million copies on the NES, easily putting it on the bestseller list. It's Zelda, you know the story. It's it's the story of Zelda isn't in the game itself. I mean, there's a little blurb if you leave the start screen for long enough, but most of it's in the instruction booklet and was written by Keiji Terui. And I'm sorry if I mispronounced that guy's name. Uh, but basically, the the idea is that Hyrule is in crisis. There's this evil army that's led by Ganon, the Prince of Darkness, who stole the Triforce of Power. And Zelda, who has the Triforce of Wisdom, in order to protect it, she breaks it into eight pieces and hides them throughout Hyrule to keep Ganon from stealing that as well. Link uh, sets out to save Zelda and as well, he wants to find the pieces of the Triforce of Wisdom and reunite them. And he has the Triforce of Courage. Um, Nintendo spent close to $5 million 
on single commercials for games like Zelda. Uh, this is a lot more than other companies spent, and this is probably because they had so few games that they had to make commercials for. And one of the first commercials ever made, which was under Bill White, the director of advertising and public relations at Nintendo at the time, uh, was the introduction for Legend of Zelda, which was really weird. Uh, in it, there's this really uh, wiry-haired, nerdy guy uh, named John Kaser who walks through the dark wearing like a black turtleneck, making these weird noises and yelling out the names of some of the enemies of the game and screaming for Zelda. I'm going to include uh, bits from that in the uh, in, in the, the the part where I would normally do the intro, uh, as well as that, that intro music, but... Uh, you don't really have to worry about spoilers for this discussion. Phil and I kept it. Uh, I mean, there's there's no story in Zelda. Real. I mean, there's story, but it doesn't really happen in the game, so you don't have to worry about spoilers at all. Uh, with that, with that being said, it's time to talk about Zelda on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Watch Zelda become a legend on your Nintendo Entertainment System. Zelda. <laughs> Is that a is that a uh, Pokemon costume behind you? That that is a Squirtle onesie, Bill. A Squirtle Which, uh, onesie. Now, is that a Halloween costume, or is there some other reason you have a Squirtle onesie? With, with face and all. Uh, yeah. So the the son this year is going as a Pokemon trainer for Halloween. Oh. So uh, I normally like to do mashup you know, me and him costumes together. So uh, this year I bought a Squirtle onesie. And uh, <laughs> I've been utilizing it on streams on Sundays and Mondays. To uh, <laughs> So when you play um, uh, uh, Sea of Thieves. Thieves. Yep. And uh, in Borderlands, I am dressed up as a uh, as a silly little Squirtle. That's, that's really awesome. Um, oh, it's so awesome. It's so hot. <laughs> like, <laughs> this office already gets hot as it is. And then that thing has no breathing in it whatsoever. So uh -huh. it's just like, oh, at the end of the stream, it's just like, peel this off me, please, and get this into the washing machine. Yeah, every time I see you, like every time we record like breaking the panel together or something, by the end, you're always like pulling your sleeves up and you're like, <laughs> oh my God, I can't take it anymore. Like, why is that room so hot? Uh, it's a very small like 10 by 10 room. Um, I don't have any kind of air conditioning in here. I've got, you know, this whole back wall is covered with foam. The door itself is covered with, with more foam. And uh, it just, you know, with the computer running and, and everything else and me blowing hot air out as much as I can, it just gets very hot in here. Well, uh, that's not what we're here to talk about, but I feel bad for you. We're here to talk about The Legend of Zelda. And I'm assuming that you meant for the NES, am I correct? 
Of course. Okay, of so course. I, I, you know, I'm honestly flabbergasted that it took somebody until season two to choose The Legend of Zelda to talk about because that's kind of a a huge game, and a lot of the people that I know are big Nintendo nerds. So, like, it was surprising that it took until season two. But Phil chose The Legend of Zelda for the Nintendo Entertainment System. And Phil, I want to know why did you pick that game out of all the games that you could have chosen? Why Zelda? Well, I believe I have put the most time in years wise into this game. And as a child, it was a staple in my NES. It never left my system. And I have such strong memories and nostalgia. And and it's really the game that for me uh, brought me into gaming, you know, Um I originally borrowed this when I was little from our neighbors uh, up in Kennebunk, Maine. And as soon as they uh, they let me borrow it, that was it. That was it was done. You know, as soon as you put the cart in and you hit power, and that theme song comes on with 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 the waterfall just running there, I could sit on that menu screen for days. You know, because it's just it's it's just so pretty and. Uh, I'm a big fan of Koji Kondo and and all of his music, and he does have a style and some some tropes that he likes to sit into. But you know, just that first note of that song of the the, the original theme just just brings me back to you know six year old Philip in his uh, in his room playing this game. That's awesome. And, and before uh, before the interview, the audience has just heard that music like right before the interview like that music was playing uh i have a question for you that you i'm curious if you knew this or not but did you know that the japanese version had different music no i i didn't know it had different music i know it was a like a floppy disc for the famicom disc system but i i didn't realize that it had different oh my lord no yes uh so you have the switch right I do, yeah. Do you have Nintendo Switch Online? Of course. Okay. So do you have a Japanese eShop account? Uh, not yet. I will in about 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's good because uh, the Nintendo Switch has the NES library games that you can play if you have Nintendo Switch Online. And because it's region free, if you make a Japanese eShop account, you can download the Japanese version of the of the NES games and uh, turn it on, and when you when you first turn it on, uh, that Zelda set, like the music is going to be just slightly different, That's and incredible. it's because the Famicom had uh, like a different sound chip, I believe, than yep. the than the 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 American or the Western uh, Nintendo Entertainment System, and it's just slightly different, and I I I. I I dare say, okay, I'm not going to say whether it's better or worse, but it's just slightly different. I'm excited to, uh, you know, as much as I love talking to you, I'm excited to uh, get onto my Switch and, uh, and set up my Japanese account now. Yeah, and, and you mentioned the floppy disk. I've got it right here. Oh, uh, it's this, beautiful. Yeah, I know. It's so cool looking. Like, this thing, it's yellow, uh, and it has Nintendo embossed on it down on the very bottom and uh, oh, what I'll do is when this episode comes out, uh, maybe I'll tweet out a picture of this uh, or put it on my Instagram or something like that. 
and I'll I'll include a link to it in the show notes so that you can see so everybody can see what it looks like. But yeah, the original came on a weird 3.5 floppy disk, and I had no idea until one day I was on eBay and I saw it, and I was like, "What in the hell is that thing? That's so <laughs> cool!" And I was like, "I have to own this," so I bought yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, I don't have ahead. that, and I, I I really just no. Now I, Bill. Every time I talk to you, <laughs> you end up making me spend more money that I don't want to be spending. That's true. I yeah. I I tend to encourage people to part with their cash, um, but never never in a way that benefits me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said you borrowed it from from a friend. Did you have to go out and buy it, or did they let you uh, use it until you finished it? Well, Bill, it's a funny thing that you've asked that because I don't think I've ever publicly have stated this comment. Oh no, he stole it. He moved. I have never returned this copy <laughs> of Legends of Zelda for the NES, and I'm sure Matt uh, uh, Rahobi is is still, uh, you know, probably looking around his house for it. But you know what happened is, you know, we I borrowed it and then kept it for a little bit, and then. Uh, we ended up moving back to uh, Pennsylvania, so uh, I'm sure I'm sure he'll never listen to this. But I, I thank him for letting me uh, long-term lease this this copy of of Zelda from him. Uh, okay, so here's what I think you should do. I think that you should uh, go out on eBay or a local video game shop and find yourself another copy of it. Find that guy's address. Write him like a little letter say better late than never or something and mail it to him uh because that would be a like could you imagine if if that happened to you how hilarious that would be oh yeah no 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 it's like uh he he receives a package from somebody he hasn't talked to in about 30 years and it's a uh, the the copy of the game that that he uh stupidly let me borrow <laughs> so okay whenever i talk about zelda I always talk about the schoolyard conversation that kind of went on around Zelda. It was like this, it was the original open world game. You could go pretty much anywhere you want and you could go where, wherever you wanted, whatever you felt like doing, you could do the dungeons in any order. Um, and, or, well, you, I mean, there was definitely some restrictions, like you couldn't get to certain places without uh, certain items, but uh, this was the original open world game the one that started them all and there was so many conversations for me when i was a kid about oh my god last night i was playing zelda and this happened and we would talk about it at the schoolyard or in study hall or whatever uh did you have that experience as well oh yeah of course i mean getting through the lost woods uh was was a big you know, what directions do you go down, left, down, left, right? You know, how do you manage that? But what I also want to remind everybody is that this was the first game that had save states, right? Yes. We, this, we, we didn't have to put a password in to have our game saved. Now, it didn't always work the way they intended it to. And I'm sure we've all had moments where we have turned our console off and then turned it back on to have our game missing. Yeah, I mean, dungeon strategy on, on how to, you know, what orders people are doing them in. I, I remember very, very strongly that I would skip dungeon two, and I would go one, three, four, and then two. Why? Well, because that's the order that I found them in. Um, oh, okay. I just, 
and just other secrets around the world, throwing bombs on walls or, you know, throwing a fire across some bushes to enter and enter a secret little area that has uh, a secret to none, but still uh, all these little facts and, and, and little Easter eggs around the world. Right. And we didn't have the internet at the time. We couldn't just look up everything. So we had to rely on our friends or maybe somebody that had a copy of Nintendo Power that had like the map or something. But we had to rely on our friends to talk about, uh, okay, uh, if you are looking for uh, this thing, uh, go to level one, go down one screen, go over to the left another screen and the fourth bush in, light that on fire and you're going to find a staircase or a cave or whatever. Um, Like that kind of thing. That was uh, so amazing. And I don't feel like, personally, I feel like that experience kind of fell away for a very long time for me until Breath of the Wild came out. And then, like, that was the first time that I felt like I experienced that same feeling as I did with the original Legend of Zelda. It's it's amazing how similar those two games made me feel, even though those games were very, very different. Well, completely, and I couldn't agree more with you. Um, you know, it, it's all about not, you know, the information is out there, right? And yeah. you can get the information on where all the shrines are, but just like what you were saying that takes away from the experience of being brought back to your childhood on, on, on the unknown, you know, that's a good thing. The thing I like about Zelda one, the most is that you just, you turn the game on hit go and that's it. You know, you have your door right there for the cave to get your sword, but that's about it. And they just leave it up to you to figure it out. And breath of the wild was exactly the same way. I remember the day I got the switch. I, I went to a GameStop at a midnight release. It was uh, it was crowded to heck, and uh, everybody was buzzing and excited. And I got home around twelve thirty, twelve forty five at night, having to wake up the next morning to go to work. And I was like, "Yeah, I I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't open this. I shouldn't." <laughs> I'll just look at the box for the second. Oh yeah, no, no, this this is really cool. Okay, well, let me at least put the game in to see how it goes. And the next thing I knew, it was four o'clock in the morning, and uh, that's that's the power that most Zelda games have upon me is just get lost and 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 have a fun time, not knowing exactly what the heck you're doing. Is the first one your favorite one? Oh boy, uh, it's 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 really hard to pick which child you like the most. <laughs> um, I, I can tell you that I have purchased and played Zelda uh, one the most. Um, any kind of outlet to play it on from the original NES, I bought the uh, the Game Boy Advance version of it so I could have it on the go for a while. Uh, you could even play it in Animal Crossing on the GameCube, I believe. And then they had the master disc on uh, on GameCube as well that had one, two Ocarina Majora's and a little bit of Wind Waker on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even recently, I've been doing um, Twitch streams on uh, stumbling through Hyrule Twitch.tv slash Imaginary Nomad, and I got to play it on on stream again on my Switch. So I, I've definitely have put the most time into it. It's a toss up between the first one and Ocarina, to be honest with you. Really? Okay. I mean, it's it's such an amazing game. I played through it. I mean, obviously, I played through it when I was a kid, and I probably played through it 
a couple of times since then, but the most recent time that I played through it, I, I did the same thing. I streamed on my Twitch channel. And there's something about this game that is just so compelling that you just feel like you have to finish it once you start it. And I, I don't know what the secret sauce is. Like, can you identify what they've done that makes it so compelling that you feel like you have to finish it? And I'm talking about a guy myself that never finishes games. I never, ever finish video games. So it's pretty, um, it's a pretty big achievement if, if a video game convinces me that I need to put in the time to finish it. Well, I mean, it's 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 really just the fact that you keep progressing slowly, but you are progressing. And you, for me, you know, the reason I was doing the stumble through Hyrule is because there's a lot of these Zelda games that, like you said, I, I just don't complete. You know, I get halfway through. I haven't completed Breath of the Wild. And, you know, I never actually finished the game. So for me to do this, you know, I've never completed the uh, Link's Adventure. I've never completed uh, a Link to the Past. You know, I've got all these big title games that I've never finished. And the reason I was doing this is, well, you know what? If I'm going to do it, I might as well uh, be ridiculed by my fans and uh, <laughs> have money thrown at me as I do it. So, but it, yeah, I think it's just that. It's it's the slow progression of, you know, and, and, and the little victories that you have making it through each one of your dungeons. That's awesome. So, uh, you know, Zelda is famous for having, uh, you know, a, a pretty dense inventory where you've got a bunch of items. What item is always on your B button? Ooh, uh, geez, uh, the boomerang. The boomerang. The, the blue, for, for Zelda 1, the blue boomerang never leaves um, because I can expend it without having it cost me anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know with other things like potions and bombs, um, I have these big baseball gloves as hands, and I accidentally hit the B button sometimes. Uh, and if it's the boomerang, well, then it doesn't cost me anything. But if it's, let's say, the fire or or the bombs, uh, I, I I feel bad every time <laughs> I throw one of those away by accident. Absolutely, I, I feel like one of the things about the boomerang that I uh, that I adore, <clears throat> excuse me, so much is how it follows back to you. So I loved throwing it out and then moving my character, some moving Link someplace else and having it hit things on the way back. That is something that always made me feel like I was just such a bad dude. Well, I mean, that's part of the strategy, right? Is is positioning. So when you do throw that out, you can maximize your, your boomerang throw. I mean, that's how I play at least. I just think it's I just think it's cool. It's not like I don't know that it's a strategy. I just always felt like even if I don't need to, when I throw the boomerang, I have a tendency to move so that that has to arc to come back to me because I I always felt like it felt really cool. Uh, <laughs> so you said that you you played through it uh, a bunch of different times. Is there anything that that first time that you played through that you feel like you completely missed out on? that the second, third, or 28th time that you've played through, you were like, oh my god, I can't believe I didn't do that the first time. Um, oh, that's hard to think. Um, well, I, I remember originally when I when I picked this up, I was unable to get through that last dungeon to fight Ganon. Uh, and it took a long, there was a long time period because uh, nobody of my friend group have gotten that far to Dungeon 9. 
And that last dungeon is such a maze that little six-year-old Philip had no idea how to, to properly make my way through it. Um, so it wasn't until, you know, maybe five years later, four years later, when I was a little bit older, I, uh, I decided to make a note, take a notebook and make references on, okay, well, if I take this path, it goes to this area, this path goes to that area and try to work my way around, uh, properly. That's awesome. Uh, let me ask you a question. This is something that we did in my house a lot. Um, in order to save the game, you had to die. Uh, so, um, like we'd be playing, my brothers and I would be playing and our parents would say, all right, we have to go do something or it's time for dinner or you have to, you, you have to shut off the game now. And we're like, okay, okay, but we got to save first. So then you would have to go and find something to beat the hell out of you in order to die. So then you would get the do, 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 and then you could save your game. Um, so what, well, first off, is that something that you did or did you do the cheat with it? A lot of us also did where we would pause the game and then turn off the TV and hope that like, please nobody noticed that red light on the front of the little box because then they're like electricity. Uh, yes to both. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I, I remember, you know, every Sunday I would try to get a little bit in before, uh, we went to church and I would, knowing that it's only going to be an hour to an hour and a half i would turn the television off but uh mostly you know if i'm going to kill myself to to save the game depending on where i was it, the good thing about zelda one is you can just go into the open world right and anywhere that there's water you're going to have that water serpent that's just going to whittle you down bit by bit so i used to always uh take that and go out to an area where it was mostly seawater and then just have myself uh, be attacked to save it. I think it's funny, though. I mean, <laughs> all of us who grew up with the NES all all thought we were being slick as we turned the television off <laughs> when, when realistically, uh, yeah, we were all doing it and none of us were slick. No, well, I, you know, there were times because my parents didn't notice. Um, they did notice once and shut it off and I was devastated uh, because I had made progress in whatever game that I was playing. Um, but it was very frustrating when you had to leave and your your parental unit is like, okay, we got to go. And you're like, I'm dying as fast as I possibly can. You don't understand. I've got this armor. Uh, these These enemies aren't really hurting me all that much. And I can't save until I die. I'm dying as fast as I can. You've just got to wait a more a minute more, and I promise I'm tr I'm not trying to play. And you know the parents, as somebody who didn't play, they didn't understand I that mean, you yeah. like they're like you're just you're just BSing me, kid. Like they didn't understand that I was really trying to save the game. I uh, I think I did more TV turn off saves with Mega Man One than I did with any <laughs> other game because. Uh, I used to be really good at Mega Man when I was younger, and I, uh, I I can't remember. I don't think Mega Man One had a password, a password save in that in that game. I don't think so. I don't think so. So yeah, I would always turn the TV off for that, and then just come back to that later. Um, but yeah, I mean, Will Smith said it best: parents just don't understand. <laughs> uh, so what's your strongest memory from playing Zelda, uh, the original Zelda? Um, I think my strongest memory 
and my favorite memory is uh I think it's the third dungeon that introduces the jellies um the the as I call them the dots because they look like the candy the green dots oh that, my god uh, yeah they do literally I'm the only person in the in a world that is keeping dots alive because they are my favorite candy and they are very underrated but <laughs> um I think that that's my strongest memory is going through that dungeon because if you got the elevated sword from above the waterfall uh it wouldn't break those dots up into droplets it, it would actually slice them in half and then give you either a rupee or a heart or or anything else that you could possibly need so i used to farm that dungeon for coin before i would buy my blue ring and then also uh i know it's not the correct name because i give all my enemies my own personal names but the the red knights i think were introduced into that dungeon as well yeah they are i'm and, looking at the map right now they're all over it and i think they're called stealthos Yes, Red Knights, got it. And <laughs> uh, they were they were always the you know my my biggest enemy until they decided to uh, reskin them in a blue blue knight uh, suit, and then that was the bane of my existence, and still is. I still have trouble with those. Uh, you know, you're not wrong. You're not the only one. Those th- those guys were really really hard to deal with, um, the, because you could not hit them from the front because they had a shield, so you had to maneuver around them, and they didn't. Like I, I could be wrong, but it never felt like they were following a pattern. It just felt like it was random which direction they would turn. It was random and not at the same time. So, like, you're right. There is no real pattern to them, but you can coax them into positions that you want. So I would always try to get them between uh, the pathway and and a block there because you could swing your sword through the block, causing damage to them. But this was not a strategy I realized when I was younger. I, I recently just figured all this out. So, but yeah, I I love I love Dungeon Three a lot. <laughs> was there anything about uh, the original Zelda that you just did not like? Oh yeah, I mean, no game, no game is is perfect um, at all. Well, let's criticize the hell out of it. What 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 well, did no, you no, like no. about I, it? I, I I've said it before. I mean, that last dungeon is such a pain in the ass to to move maneuver correctly, and and uh, you know it's very. It was just too difficult, and and you can hear that I'm still scarred by trying to to get through that skull dungeon. Um, and I actually think. The entire game as a whole is fun, but that final boss is kind of a little lackluster. Uh, Ganon, you know, disappearing in and out and then using the the silver arrow to finally finish him off. Um, As it was epic, it probably, in my opinion, is not the most difficult boss to deal with in the game. Did you... When when you when you beat that game, were you sitting there by yourself, or did you like have friends or brothers or sisters sitting next to you as, as it happened, and you were like, yeah, and the, you know, the, everybody erupted with with cheers and applause? Uh nope, nope, <laughs> no to all that. I was completely alone. Uh, you know, sitting up in in the office room of my parents' house after school, and uh, I had nobody nobody care that I I finished this game that I've been dealing with for 
you know, five years, I went down and told my mom, mom, you know, you, oh my God, this is incredible. She's like, yeah, great. Dinner's going to be in 10 minutes. So why don't you wash up and get ready? I was like, well, no, you're not fully gripping the, the importance of, of my achievement right now, mother. She's like, yeah, no, I said eight minutes, go get ready for dinner. She's <laughs> like, All right. Thanks mom. And he's definitely a super fan. Uh, if you've ever watched his stream or, uh, watched him on a podcast or anything, he, he has a, a uh, shield he has the hyrulean shield or helian shield uh, on the wall behind him uh go ahead you're gonna say something uh, no 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 yeah i i have the the master shield the master sword um i even uh i think it was last year uh hallmark put out a an original zelda <gasps> ornament that is and, cool uh it also plays the theme song when you push the button so it's uh it really is. I mean, it, it's my favorite. I even enjoy the Excuse Me Princess terrible cartoon that came out um, back in oh, the day. Oh, I enjoy that too. It's so cornball. Oh, oh, yeah. But at the same time, it's great. Like, all right, tell me, what's your favorite episode of that? Because there's one for me that sticks out as as above all others. And not because it's better, but because it is so very cheesy. Oh, I, 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 I can't. I don't. I don't remember it that well enough. I've watched it recently because I tried introducing the kid to it, and even the kid was like, uh, "What? What are you doing, Dad? Like, I, <laughs> I, I am three now, Father. This show is for children." I'm just like, "Oh, come on, Bud." He's like, "No, Transformers are nothing, Dad." And I was like, "Ugh, break my heart, son." Well, I mean, they're not wrong. Oh, no, I know. Right. <laughs> I, I know that. <laughs> um, the, for me, it's the, the episode that sticks out is the one where Link, uh, like the princess, tells Link that he has to clean. And so he pretends to be sick. And like he's he's pretending to be sick. And then, of course, Ganon attacks. And, uh, you know, like nobody wants to get Link because, no, no, Link is sick. We have to <laughs> we have to do something else. And uh, but he saves the day, and then he has to pretend to be sick again, and it just doesn't quite work out. It never seems to work out for him, and he's always trying to kiss the princess, which is really creepy. Like Link is incredibly creepy in that show. Yeah, I guess that's why they don't ever let him talk in the games, right? <laughs> <laughs> but but I do love that line. Excuse me, like when he says "excuse me, princess," it's always hilarious. It's it's equally it's equal parts hilarious and annoying. Yeah, yeah, it, it super is. Um, you know, maybe one of these days I'll just sit down. I have the DVDs in the basement somewhere, so maybe I'll just sit down and, and unfortunately go go from episode one to to completion on the series. I'm hoping one day I, I it will never. Well, I I don't want to say never, but um, now that we have Mario coming out by. Who's doing that? Is that, is that DreamWorks? That's doing um, that? It's the same people who did like the uh, the, um, the 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 minion minions, movies. right? Yeah, the minion movies. Um, so uh, hopefully, if if the Mario movie does well and and is well received, hopefully we can then get other IPs uh, to be made into better animated programs because we all remember how bad the Super Mario Brothers Super Show is and. I kind of like that too. I mean, I, mean, I, I like, like it. it too, it's Bill, bad, but, it's but I like good. it. No, it's not good. 
Um, I, I, and I even like Captain Lou Albano dressed up as Mario doing his stupid song about do the Mario. Like do the Mario. Yeah, it's yeah. it's horrible. There's nothing good about it, but it's still also at the same time endearing in this really bizarre way. And if if anybody is sitting out there listening to this and they're like, wait a second, there was a Zelda cartoon and a Mario cartoon. Um, yeah, they had this Nintendo, like, hour that power was, hour. yeah, the power hour. I had Captain N, the game master, uh, about this kid named Kevin, who he and his dog get teleported into the TV, uh, and then they have to fight the evil forces of Mother Brain, the Mother eggplant Brain. wizard, and, um, who was the other henchman, not the eggplant wizard? Oh, uh. Somebody from Punch-Out!, yeah, wasn't it Hippo? King Hippo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. King Hippo. And yeah. then uh and they were teamed up with Kid Icarus, uh Simon Belmont, who was the weirdest decision in the way that they did Simon Belmont. Mega Man, uh, who would Miss, say Huh? Miscolored Mega Man. Yeah, yeah. He was miscolored like, and he would say mega in front of everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> He's like, that's mega <laughs> awful. You know? Uh and then uh, the, some princess, a generic princess character who would get kidnapped every episode and then the team had to go and rescue uh, by going to different video game worlds each episode. So there was that show and then there was the the Super Mario Brothers Super Show which was equal parts live action dudes who are trying to solve a problem like on Sesame Street and then a cartoon and then the Zelda show that we talked about. It was really weird. I love Captain N. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, and once again, I know we keep saying this over and over. It's not great. Um, and no. a lot of the characters are annoying. But I love that show so much that I still hold out hope that Nintendo will once again realize the genius of Captain N and either put him in Smash Brothers or just make a single Amoebe for, uh, uh, Amiibo for me so I can put it back on the shelf with the other ones. Um, I agree with I you almost, 100%. I almost cosplayed as Captain N this year for Dragon Con, but I couldn't get the Letterman jacket the way that I wanted it to, so I had to leave it behind. Oh, man, that would have been really cool. Do you think you're going to work on it uh, for next year? I, I hope to, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a year away, and I have all these wonderful cosplay ideas that I'll never complete, but uh, that one's easy enough that I can just, you know, put together and, and have it not be too hot in the middle of Atlanta, Georgia, in uh, Labor Day weekend. That's true. Oh, and just one more thing about Captain N. It, for the listeners, if you don't know who he is, he had the NES zapper as his weapon and his belt buckle on his on his belt was the NES controller and if he had to, had to jump real high or something he could push like the up button up and button. it would give him special powers <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man. man nostalgia Terrible. this has been a very nostalgic uh 35 minutes Phil thank you very much for coming on the show man Oh, my pleasure, man. Thank you for uh, for for allowing me the opportunity to come and uh, talk about my childhood in game and television form. That's right. Uh, before we go, e each episode, I ask my guest to close out the show 
by saying our motto, which is resolution doesn't matter. Resolution doesn't matter. The theme song for 143 Pixels is Through a Cardboard World by Tony Lays. You can find more of their music at tonylays.bandcamp.com. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can find it at Pixels143. And if you want to follow me, I'm at RunJumpStomp. This show is part of the Giant Size Team Up Network. For more information, head on over to gstu.net. <laughs>